What's up, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. Listen to the Rims and S podcast, episode 47, segment three. All right, so this will wrap up. Pretty much will finalize pretty much the whole episode. I, I had to definitely dig deep just to get the rest of this information in. Um, just doing a lot of research. And so far, like I said, in the last segment, we pretty much finalized, you know, Massachusetts and Connecticut far as like the results of last month and pretty much up, pretty much update to where we are right now. Um, So right now for the rest of this pod, we're going to dive deep into uh, New Hampshire, what happened in New Hampshire so far. As far as the high school spectrum, then you have Vermont, and then we're gonna have, and then we're gonna wrap it up with, uh, excuse me, with New Hampshire, Rhode Island, then Vermont, and then we're gonna wrap it up with Maine. And this, like I said, this probably should take a while, maybe a good hour or so to probably finish this. So if you guys need a, find a little time to listen to this it will take a little bit because it's definitely a lot of information uh, like pretty much like we did with the other states i'm going to go through my recent ranking for each state go through each team one through ten see what team is improving see what team is will drop and then we'll probably kind of give an idea of what when you know what those teams could be in the next ranking so, so let's get started. Let me just uh, get my ranking up on my website. So we're going to t- tier two, New Hampshire and Rhode Island. So we'll start with New Hampshire, which I think out of all the states might not be as talent packed as maybe Connecticut, Massachusetts, and I. I mentioned Maine as Maine's got some, which we'll mention later on in the pod. Maine's got some pretty, you know, high level prospects in that state. So that are getting a lot of attention from D1. So do they have the depth that Massachusetts Connecticut has? No, but, you know, Maine is definitely getting up there. But New Hampshire, I would say, you know, as far as like the prep schools, that's where pretty much, you know, all the prep schools, you know, you know, you got Brewster Academy, you got New Hampton School. Those are probably the top prep schools in the country. And then, yeah, you, you know, Phillips Extra is pretty good. Tilton School is pretty good as well. But we're going to pretty much focus on the high school, the public schools. And we'll pretty much go one through ten each team and kind of see where I'd fit them in and how they're improving so far this season. Right now, we're starting number one at Pinkerton, Pinkerton Academy. Um, right now, I think they're going to probably stay at that number one. Uh, probably not. I think Trinity has, has made strides this month. I think Trinity probably surpassed them. But as of right now, Pinkerton is 17-3 and three on the season. Um, they're led by the twin brother, the twin brothers, the Ch- Anthony Chin and Tyrone Chin. They've been very good as far as like leading their backcourt. Um, 
They also have a big, a very solid big man at Jason Marshall. He's been very good for them, and and they definitely rely on him. He's six seven, very good size, and he definitely solidifies their front line. Probably the biggest, um, biggest loss, like I just mentioned, Trinity. He just lost to Trinity just recently. Uh, 52 to 44, led by a big performance by Mark uh, Nioma. He had 17 points for Trinity, so that just happened recently. And Pinkerton's just a team that, you know, I think they're right up there, but I think Trinity definitely, you know, took some, took a step up with that, you know, big head to head matchup. So they're probably going to drop, you know, the upcoming ranking for February, which I'm going to be focusing on doing those rankings today. Hopefully have them in there sometime, you know, either mid-next week or late next week. Maybe earlier. Who knows? But I was just saying probably sometime next week we'll have those rankings up and I will post those on the social. Um, I would say out of... Just, just to kind of take a break on things, I would say, you know, New Hampshire is kind of top heavy this year. Um, we mentioned Trinity, we mentioned Pinkerton, Golfstown's been pretty good too, at sixteen and sixteen and three. Nashua's good at at twelve and I think they're twelve and three. Bishop Girton is thirteen and five, so. They got pretty much got a power five, which will, you know, look at the next team, which I have number two is Trinity, which Trinity, like we mentioned, has been good of late. They're led by Mark Nioma, um, Tyler Bike, which kind of solidifies their perimeter. And they have a big guy uh, named Andrew Paletti. He can stretch the floor out, shoot threes, as well as go inside. And they pretty much rely on those three to kind of, you know, pretty much dominate, you know, so far this year that those, they've definitely dominated. They've only lost one game. So I just want to say, like, the upcoming game for training, we'll take a look at that. Their upcoming schedule. Because New Hampshire, I don't think they have that much, um, that many games left. Just give me a second. I just wanted to look up their uh, their schedule. trying to look at it there's like a bunch of trimbies in different states so I have to be specific with my search so definitely want to like look in on some of these uh these games early, uh upcoming in the week so like, uh, like we mentioned they're 13 and one 
They just beat uh, Winkinet 52-35 on Wednesday. They have an upcoming game against Merrimack. I'm trying to see how well they're going to do to end the season. That's the last game. So, like I said, New Hampshire kind of ends their season a little bit a little earlier. Kind of like Maine. Maine is the same way. They they pretty much end the season around early February to, you know, mid-February. Mid so, they're wrapping up. That's their last game of the season against Merrimack. And they probably should, you know, I think they'll easily win that game. So, they'll probably be 14-1 and one on the year. Looking at a potential number one bid, I think they're definitely going to be the number one team in New Hampshire. They've definitely shown that and proven that throughout the season. So I would definitely um, like Trinity as a team that possibly could win, you know, win everything. But you can't sleep on Pickerton. I think Pickerton has high level talent. Um, obviously. If you look at number three on this list, Najua North, which I don't have a ton on them, but they have some, you know, pretty individual talent as well. Golfstown at number four, which I don't have a ton on them as well, but I do know they have high-level players in Mason Blundi, which is a junior right now, so he's getting a lot. Some you know some college attention. He's definitely a guy that can handle the ball as well as shoot the three very well. So keep an eye on Golfstown as well. And then, which you go to possibly number five. I have a lot of uh, with Guilford and you have Winnicott at number six. Extra at number seven. I don't think Extra will be in there next week. Uh, Conville. I don't know about Conville. I, I really haven't really dived deep with them. Pembroke, which is not Pembroke in Massachusetts. Pembroke in New Hampshire. And then you have number 10 at Lebanon. So like I said, besides those uh, five teams I mentioned, which not sure North is not even, well, yeah, they are number three. So Nashua North, and then you have Bishop Girton. Bishop Girton has definitely made strides up late. As we just mentioned, they're thirteen and five. They won nine of the last ten games. They did lose to Golfstown. Um, by Mason Blund, I had a good game that game. But if you look at Bishop Girton. I think I would probably put them in the next ranking, which I left them out this time, uh, last month. But they got a nice trio of, of Luke Anderson at the guard position, Mackey, and Ben Mullet, their big guy. Javaris Ellison's been hurt of late, but he definitely has uh, come back recently. In the last game, he was he was he, he was back. So, like I said, those four guys pretty much you know make them what what they are. They, Strensuso is also another guy that's very good from the outside, very good three point shooter. So they they got they got talent. I think Bursa Garden is a team that you can't you can't sleep on. I think that will be a team that could could upset anybody in this tournament. I think they can definitely compete with Pinkerton, definitely compete with Trinity. Even though they did lose to Golfstown, 
which is Gulf Sounds, one of the top teams in the, in the state. But they, they can, Bishop Girton, they can compete with anyone. You can't sleep on them because they do. If Jabari's El, Jabari Ellison plays well. Um, and you got Anderson and Mackey and Suzo making their threes. They can be a tough team to beat. Known as more of a defensive-minded, grinded-out team, which a lot of these teams in New Hampshire are. There's not a lot of up-and-down teams in New Hampshire. I think Pinkerton's probably the one team that can go up and down. Trinity is another team that can go up and down. But other than that, most of these teams, you know, play in the 50s. They play low-scoring affairs. Um, they're not super athletic te- uh, players on these teams. You might have an athlete here and there that's, you know, gifted. But there's not many as far as, like, death goes, you know, when you compare them to, like, Connecticut and other states. You know, Massachusetts is the one. And even Maine, even Maine has definitely made a lot of strides. I think New Hampshire's kind of like down in that level. I think maybe New Hampshire and Rhode Island, which we're going to mention in, you know, in the next couple minutes, mention uh, Rhode Island and how their level of talent is very, has dropped significantly. Uh, most of their top players in the state are from prep schools. There are not many that are actually in the high, you know, the public ranks, which is by reason. A lot of, you know, the exposure is definitely not going to be good for Rhode Island. So that's, you know, a given. All right. So, yeah, we'll just move on and get to Rhode Island right now, which wasn't a ton to talk about with New Hampshire. Well, same thing with Rhode Island. I don't think there's going to be a ton to talk about because there's only a few legit teams or a few elite teams in the state as far as like the public ranks. And we'll, uh, let me get to the ranking for that, which is totally different. I don't even think it's going to make any sense. Shay, you know, I had number one, which at the time they were undefeated, but they were able to, they lost a few games against teams that just weren't, weren't teams that they, uh, shouldn't have lost to. So they've dropped. Now they're 12 and two. Yeah, and there's, their schedule's weak. They play in a, um, they don't play in a Division One schedule that you would, you know, have teams like Classical, LaZalle, Westerly, which has been having a good season, Bishop Hendrickson, North Kingstown's having a down year. So that's usually the, you know, the top teams in that division. And Shea's like in the second division behind those teams, so they don't play the best teams. You play against East Providence and Tolman. Just, I mean, and they're they're putting up a lot of points against those teams. Don't get me wrong, but they when they lose to those type of teams that don't, you know, don't have higher higher level of, you know, competition in those in those divisions and regions, it's going to be tough for them to really score out that high. I I was able to give them that high of a of a ranking last month because just because they were undefeated. But now I'm just going to have them drop to probably maybe outside of the five, uh, outside of the top five, most likely. Uh, probably my new number one will most likely either be classical or LaSalle. I'm not going to tell you exactly that. That's for you to check out, check that out when I do post it, but I'm leaning towards one of those two teams as being number one. It's either going to be classical or LaSalle, but I have LaSalle as like maybe a solid 
choice that could be that. Um, they, they've been very solid all year long, 14-1 and one on the year. Um, they're led by a strong front line, led by Joe Melvin and Kelvin Udai. But I really, actually, to be honest with you, their backcourt is actually maybe the best in the state. Alpha Ralph Awa is a thousand-point scorer, a very experienced player. Dimitri Lafonte is also good as well, can shoot the three. Ralph Awa can pretty much do everything. You know, he's a three-level scorer, um, solid player. Was able to catch an interview with him, I believe, on YouTube. And, you know, he was mentioning that he's from New York. He moved to New York around middle school. I mean, he moved to Rhode Island from New York in middle school. And then he was pretty much trying to decide what school to go to. And he said he was leaning towards, uh, he, was, he was leaning towards either the school that he's at right now, LaSalle Academy, or Bishop Hendrickson. And he decided to go on LaSalle Academy. And that's definitely helped them out as well. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely, I mean, LaSalle's definitely benefit from him coming there because they've been very successful, especially this season. Last year, they, they definitely were knocking on the door as far as, like, you know, the tournament and stuff where, where they did go in the tournament, but they ended up losing. And this year, they're in the driver's seat to possibly get a number one seed if everything goes well. Like I said, who knows what can happen in the upcoming week, especially with classical breathing down their neck. But yeah, I would say their backcourt is probably one of the best in the state. Um, and then they're very big up front with Melvin and, and Udai. They definitely are a team to be reckoned with. And like I said, they already beat classical this year and they already beat Bishop Hendrickson. So those are probably the two most talented rich teams in the state and they were able to beat both of those teams so look out for them to maybe possibly get that top seed but who knows the top ranking but who knows and then top seed as well as far as like the playoffs go um classical is the next team which i had them ranked number two in this weekend like i had we just talked about LaSalle. LaSalle i had ranked number three but classical i had ranked number two last month which probably that's probably most likely what they could be, but we'll have to see as far as the next uh, ranking. Because like I said, they did lose to LaSalle. That was a big loss for them. But they did get big wins against Bishop Hendrickson, Cardinal Spellman in Massachusetts in a non-conference affair. And they did beat Smithfield, which Smithfield's I would consider a team that has been good, which will... Kind of mentioned them shortly. You don't have a ton on them, but they haven't really played a ton of ton of teams this year. But they've been pretty good, just like Westerly. Kind of just been, you know, knocking on the door. You know, as far as like those top elite teams up top. But I would have to say maybe just those are the teams to focus on the most. Um, like I said, not a talent rich state, so they have a few guys that might be you know, could play some D1 or D2 basketball in the next level. But I would have to say that's pretty much I really have for, for Rhode Island. Um, but I will tell you what I had as far as, like, the rest of the ranking, uh, top 10 ranking. 
I had Smithfield at number four, which you just mentioned. Cranston East at number five. Barrington at number six. Westerly will obviously go up. I think they've been very good. They've only lost three games this year. Berryville at number eight. And then Tolman at number nine. And St. Ralphio Academy at number 10, which I think they're going to drop. I think St. Ralphio has kind of been pretty mediocre this year. And if you want to know uh, my prep school ranking, I have St. George at number one. St. Andrews at number two. Rocky Hill School at number three, AB, Abbey School at number four, and then Barrington Christian at number five. So that pretty much wraps up Roadie. We're going to get into Vermont in just a second. Just give me a second. I'm just going to bring the ranking up. Now, Vermont's kind of, you know, I would say maybe they're maybe after Maine, as far as like talent rich state. Um, they got some traditional powers that always continue to win every year, which we'll mention number one, Rice, which I had them number one last month, uh, sitting at 13 and two. They got a nice solid backcourt. Or, you know, wing. I would call it the wings. Because they pretty much play, you know, shooting guard and small forward. Uh, you got Sh- uh, Sharif Sharif. Very good athlete. Uh, was able to catch a, a dunk that he had. That was a highlight reel. Um, he's definitely a guy that can get up and down the floor. Um, Heath Walker is a guy more of a shooter. Uh, can handle the ball. Get to the rim. All level scorer for them. He's getting a little attention from D1 as well at 6'5. Very good size. Um, their marquee wins this year they beat Rutland, they beat uh, Bell Fellows Academy, they beat Montpelier, which Montpelier will mention has been one of the top teams in D2 this year. But they did lose to St. Johnsboro. That was one of the tougher losses, but they got a big win recently against uh, CVU, Champaign Valley Union, which they have some, they're not as strong as they were a couple years ago, but they still have some pretty good talent at the, in their backcourt. But Rice is not a super t- uh, deep team this year, but with a Vermont, uh, Vermont's not high. Has not have a, a competitive, high level, you know, state far as talent goes. Rice has just been able to just do enough and have you know maybe the top players in the state play on their team to be able to you know to dominate out there. So they've been pretty good. Another team that really might be knocking on the door, maybe a possible number one. In the upcoming ranking is is uh, St. Johnsboro. Um, some people think they're the top dog already. They've only lost one game this year, and that was against. Uh, they did. Uh, excuse me. They only lost one game this year, but they they beat Rice, which I'm gonna look up what game that was that they lost to. Just give me a sec. 
They lost. Yeah, see, they lost to Champaign Valley Union. So, I just think that's um, pretty crazy that they lost to them. It was forty-nine to forty-eight, which, like I said, these guys play a grinded-out style. They they depend on their defense to to help them out. Their front line is why their defense is so good. They have a six-eight center and and front and Fritz Hauser. And they also are also led by 6'3", Sam Bingen, which is a two-sport star. He plays football as well. So you got those two guys, you know, anchoring the middle. It makes it very tough for you to score. They play a lot of zone defense, and they use their length very well. So that can definitely uh, make things tough for you to score, especially when you don't have the best shooting you know, when you play a zone, you have to be able to shoot the ball well. And a lot of these teams struggle doing that. And they, they do a good job of getting back in transition to, to not allow, you know, easy buckets. And like I said, they play that grinded out style that's really been good for them. You know, if they play a team that can shoot a little bit like Champ Valley Union was able to do, they, they possibly can be beat. Because they were able to shut down Rice. I mean, that was an pr- impressive victory. They only allowed 30-something points in that game against Rice. A team where Rice is known for just getting out in transition and running on, on pretty much any anywhere they, they play against. They've always been an up-and-down team and use their athleticism. But with Shake Johnsboro's strategy to you know shut down that transition game and not turn the ball over, they don't turn the ball over at all. They don't beat themselves. So, I mean, we have that ability to not beat them, beat yourselves and be able to, like, get back in transition. You're going to keep the score down. It's not going to be an up-and-down game when you're not turning the ball over. So, they probably are more, you know, inside-oriented team. They go with those big guys inside, and they don't probably shoot a lot of threes. Sometimes if you shoot threes... Potentially, you can get long rebounds that can potentially create transition opportunities as well off of the misses. So, off of, you know, if you get long, if you shoot the three and you miss a three, that will definitely create an opportunity where the ball could, you know, go all the way to the half court or even at that three point line in that side of the court. But that gives you a, a good running start to get out in transition if, if you got a fast team. So, they were, they were able to, like, kind of you know, control the pace of the game with that, which is, you know, be, play to, be able to play inside and out instead of, you know, playing outside and in, which a lot, you know, a lot of teams, which you'll see in the NBA do, which they're mostly, you know, three, three point happy teams that want to play small and want to play fast. St. John's bro is the opposite. They want to play big and they want to go inside before they go out. And they're very experienced too. You know, Benjamin's a senior. Hauser's, a, you know, a senior. They both played a few years in the in varsity. So, and then they have good complementary pieces they rely on: Murphy, Young, Cole Banks, Nathan Clay. When they do take threes, those guys are the guys that take them for them, and they're pretty fairly efficient. But again, they do 
like to, you know, depend on their defense to really, you know, help them win those low-scoring affairs. Like we just mentioned, CVU, Champlain Valley Union, they're 14-4 and in the year. They won nine out of the last 10 games. They just recently lost to Rice. But, like I said, they beat Johnsburg, which you mentioned. That was probably one of their biggest wins of the season. But they lost to Rice. You know, I guess the Rice's ability to, you know, get up and down the floor probably caused them a lot of issues. They're led by a strong backcourt led by Anthony, Ethan Murphy and Alex Provost. Logan Vaughn is also a guy you have to keep an eye out for. He's like a 6'4 power forward that, you know, can do it all, spread the floor, handle the rock, you know, shoot the three. And he also was able to beat Bellows Free Academy. So that was another big win for them. Which Bellafree's Academy, which we look at the ranking. See where I have them ranked. I don't think I had them ranked. So if we just look at the rankings of pretty much the teams that we just mentioned, Rice, we just mentioned at number one. At number two, we have Champaign Valley Union, which I think they'll drop a little bit. Uh, number three, we have St. Johnsboro. I think they'll go up. Rutland, I think they'll probably go down. At number four, Mount St. Joseph, which is a good team in D2. Number six, we have South Burlington. Montpelier, I think they'll go up. I think they'll be a top five team. Essex at number eight. Hartford at number nine. And Spalding number 10. So, like we mentioned, just Rutledge, we have a little bit of notes on them. They've won seven out of the, they're eight and three right now. They've won seven out of the last eight games. They beat to a kind of a low end team. They lost to a team called Woodstock, 66 to 59. And they're led by a, a solid backcourt of Eli Pocket, Trey Devine. Um, Good, good, pretty much good uh, pen, uh, dribble penetration with both of those guys able to get into the lane and and, and slash and but they also can shoot the three as well. Pocket's a very good shooter. And the key with them, they're able to get a solid win against CBU. It seems like a lot of these teams, be, as I'm noticed, I've seen a lot of these teams beat up on each other. There's not really a true dominant team. I would say maybe uh, CGA, I mean, SGA, St. Johnsboro, maybe the top dog, I would say. And maybe Rice is right there with them. But uh, But I would just say Rutland has been definitely a dominant team this year and they're they've had they've they've had some up and downs but they've definitely like i said up late they've been dominant a seven out of the eight straight wins is definitely 
been a nice turnaround for them. So they're definitely right up there, the top teams out there so far in the state. Honorable mention, which you just mentioned, Montpelier, which is a D2 power. Right now they're 13-1. and one. Big games, they were able to beat Spalding. They were able to beat X6. Uh, they had a tough loss against Rice early in the year, but they ended up losing to that game. And get check this. They beat uh they recently just beat Harwood, which is a pretty bad team. Um and one of their top players had a huge game, had a 40-point outing, Jonah Katone. He had a 40-point outing, he had eight threes in the game, eight triples. And that's a team that, you know, probably is in the driver's seat to win, you know, win the D2 state division. And uh, we'll get to, like, you know, my next part. I would like to, like, probably get into before the playoffs start. Obviously, we'll probably record maybe in the next two weeks or so. You know, right before the all-star break, we'll probably, you know, have the next pod. And we'll kind of have, like, a preview of what I would think, you know, how the playoffs will line up as far as the seeding goes. We'll have, Definitely we'll have a, a good idea by then. And then we'll probably have some predictions of who might win it, win it all in that state based on, you know, you know all the statistics, the top players, um, and the top teams, and how the results have pretty much lined up, you know, as of right now to, like, sometime at that time where it's probably going to be mid-February where we'll be recording that podcast next. But we'll wrap up Vermont with that. In Maine, which you might do a little bit, uh, pretty much will, it will be a while because we're going to cover a couple of teams in Class A, a couple of teams in Class AA, as far as like some Cinderella's as well outside of that. Well, let's take a look at the rankings for this for last month. For the main rankings, it's pretty easy. South Portland has been really good. They're number one. And I would think, which they represent class AA, which would just, well, for one, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of set up a little bit differently because my notes are kind of in a different way on how I'm doing the rankings or how I'm going to kind of set the rankings up, which because like a lot of the teams are mixed up with, you know, in the rankings, you have class AA and then you have class A where, you know, it's just not lining up. So I'm going to have to make an adjustment here. But number one, I have South Portland. Number two, we have Everett Little. Number three, we have Lewistown. Number four, we have Falmouth. Number five, we have Bonnie Eagle. Number six, Nokomis, which we all know Nokomis is like the top team. This is before I kind of recognize how good they really are. Really are. We'll have like a, a special segment on their twin players that are that are really getting really getting a lot of attention. Where they definitely could be a team to be reckoned with 
if they stay with, I mean, it's still debatable if they're going to even stay in the Columbus for very long because they're looking at major D1 attention, which we'll mention later on the show. Um, the uh, number seven, you have Kennebrook. You have number eight, we have Camden Hills. Number nine, we have Storton Academy. Dorton Academy has been able to upset a few teams here and there. And then number 10, we have Schroegen, which had a huge game recently, which we'll get into that they were able to get a major up. Somewhat for them, it's a major upset because a lot of teams are just banking on, you know, the top teams in Class A, which are Nokomis and Brewer, which we don't even have Brewer in there, which obviously will definitely put in the next ranking. That's for sure. Brewer definitely deserves to be in there. But uh, let's take a look at right now. I would consider the top team in Class A right now, which is Nokomis. They're right now 20-1 on the year. And they're probably best in the state. Let's be real. 21 is is, is ridiculous. Um, which we'll take a look at. Which oh yeah, I just we was we was talk, I was trying to put on a teaser for you know the two freshmen, but they play on the Comis right, so you don't have to wait that long for it. But as long as them being the best in the state, they probably have two of the best young players to ever, you know, put on that uniform, and. And they're really re- representing Maine really well. I mean, you mentioned Estrella, which is getting a lot of attention, which he's a little bit older than these two. But you got twin brothers that are literally pretty much the same size, 6'8", six, 6'7", six, respectively. Cooper and H. Flag. Cooper's getting a lot more attention than his brother, but I still think they're both getting, you know, somewhat fairly good attention because of their size, their athleticism, their ability to handle the ball and kind of play. They play, they play, they do play up front for their team, but they do a little bit more when they do, they do have an opportunity. They can handle the ball. There was one highlight that I've seen from Cooper flag where he was able to like get a steal and was able to dribble it out and be able to like dunk it. And the way he handled the ball, it was like, wow, he, He's palming the ball like it's a grapefruit and easily was able to dunk it in easily. Um, but you gotta, gotta look out for those two. Those two are definitely uh, getting a lot of attention. And like I said, th- besides those two, they, they're one of the more experienced players that they really count on a lot is Made in White, Madden White. He's, I believe he's about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, which um, he does a lot of the dirty work for their team. And he's definitely a pretty good scorer that can, you know, make timely shots when they need him to. But like I said, as being 21, their only loss was against Brewer, which we'll mention shortly. And that was early on in the season, but they ended up beating them, you know, recently. So that definitely they were able to kind of get the revenge. 
from that loss. Big wins. They beat Edward Little Eddies. They beat Strohagen. And they all, and like I said, they beat Brewer recently. But I want to dive in deep into uh, Cooper and Age Flag. Recently saw an interview from them. And they, they're definitely thinking about really, you know, trying to really push their exposure because Maine is not a, a not a big exposure state. They're getting there though. I think the talent level is definitely getting better every year, but they still have to like go out and you know compete against other players in different states. And they do play in the, uh, they do play AU team, but they're leaning towards going into the Nike. EYBL in the summer. So that would definitely help their exposure if they play well in that and really show themselves as being, you know, legit D1 potential prospects. So it could help. I mean, to be 6867 as a freshman, I mean, they still have time to grow. They still have maybe one or two years left of growing left. So they definitely. You know, hopefully, hopefully they can take advantage of that opportunity to kind of uh, launch their career and really kind of just push everything. But uh, one of the interviewers had a good question, which let me kind of before I really kind of because it was a very good interview. Before I like kind of talk about it let me just uh well basically it's v uh, the interview was from the circuit which i was able to find on youtube so shout out to them they were able to ask uh, when he interviews asked a good question what is what do you what are you getting more uh they pretty much asked both the brothers cooper and h flag what attention are you guys getting the most from are you getting which is interesting they're, they're only freshmen and the question was, what attention? What are you getting most of? Are you getting more um, Division One offers, or are you getting more prep school offers? And this is kind of like what you get from, you know, players that they kind of recognize as players that are special early on. The prep schools are going to start to like, they're going to start to recruit those players that are in those public ranks, you know, around the freshman sophomore year. And if you get that opportunity, it's always interesting to see which direction those players go. You can go the direction where Donovan Klingigan did, where he kind of just stayed where he was at and just flat out dominates at that level, which sometimes it could help you, but sometimes it could hurt you depending on where you're at and depending on which state you're at. So that could be interesting to see what they're going to do, whether they're going to go to a prep school, whether they're going to stay at Nokomis. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, and then their answer was that, that, yeah, that prep schools were, you know, they were getting approached by prep schools more. But also, they did get some offers as well. Like, as far as Cooper, Ace, I don't think has any offers as of right now. But I could be wrong. But Cooper, as of right now, has one offer from Bryant. Which, you know, Bryant is in Rhode Island. And then you have... Uh, they, they're getting also getting some type of attention from the Big Ten. Iowa has approached them. Michigan has approached them. I don't think they've had a scholarship offer yet. But as of right now, we know that Cooper Flags already got an offer from Bryant. He's only a, only a freshman. 
So both of them are freshmen. They do have an older brother, a Hunter Flagg, which is a senior, which he's not, you know, at their level. But Cooper and Ace are definitely two that you got to keep an eye on for. I will definitely try to cover them in the, in, on the Nike EYBL this summer. So I definitely will cover that in the summer. Probably put an article out to see how they're doing. So I definitely will keep a, a special eye on them. You know, hopefully maybe Estrella might be in there as well. Uh, JP Estrella. So definitely a couple guys to represent Maine. Because it's really, uh, really a, a state that never really has, you know, deep level of talent. And they those guys could definitely represent Maine well and definitely could, you know, be in the spotlight where, where you normally don't see that out of Maine. But, like, overall, I definitely think Maine has made a lot of strides talent-wise, which probably maybe I might make an article. Who, what what state has definitely gotten better in talent over the, over the years or, or since I've been covering it? It's been a good two years or so since I've been covering, you know, this region as far as basketball goes. So it would be nice to kind of, like, maybe have an article on that stating you know all the reasons or all the all the ways some of these states have improved over the years and i just think because basketball is such a popular sport i would say maybe football is number one you know american football not talking about soccer and then obviously basketball is maybe number two as far as like the most popular sport in america and so it's everyone plays it it's an easy sport to play there's always a local gym where you can go to to shoot around. There's always a local court down the street that you can shoot around to, like, outside court, as far as, like, you know, anyone that is used to, you know, going outside and, and, and you know, catching a, um, you know, a pickup game here and there. So it's, it's 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 an easy sport to kind of just play. You know, it's it's very easy to play, and anyone can kind of anyone can shoot around, and anyone can can sh- shoot a jump shot and make a layup. Obviously, it obviously benefits more taller players, but as far as like you know, when you're playing high, you know, at at a higher level, but anyone can do that. Anyone can play basketball. Anyone can dribble basketball. Anyone can shoot. Anyone can can um, make a layup. It's not a hard thing to do. It's not a difficult thing to do. The question is doing it at a level at, at this at these kids level, that's a different story. These kids are a lot of these kids have opportunities that most players don't have because of their height and their ability to you know what they their ability to do what they do at a high level. But it's easy to really, you know, to start practicing it's easy to like to do that to to get going with that. It's a, all it takes is, you know, a lot of work and determination to get where those these type of kids have gotten to, in the level that they're at. But uh, but yeah, we'll move on to the next team, which is Brewer. Right now, currently, they're 16-2 and two on the year. Um, they recently lost to Strokagan, which I mentioned earlier. Adam Savage and Colin LePage have definitely been 
key for Skrokogan, which we'll kind of get into a little bit. Uh, well, actually, we'll get into Skrokogan right now while we're at it. So, yeah, 28 points from Colin LePage in an overtime victory. And Skrokogan has been maybe kind of been an underdog as far as, like, maybe everyone's talking about Nokomis, everyone's talking about Brewer, and no one's not talking about Skrokogan. So, that's a big win for Skrokogan to really beat Brewer. Because Brewer's a team that I like a lot. I mentioned them early in the last podcast as being a scrappy team that can, you know, shoot the three very well. They got a couple guys that are high, high efficient shooters for them, which are pretty, uh, which are Brady Saunders, Kobe Smith, Aaron Newcomb. That trio has been a f- very efficient for them all season long. It's why they have they have such a strong record, and why they've been able to really beat up on a lot of these main teams. And they, and they really defend, too. They were able to get a lot of turnovers, really cause a lot of havoc on that end of the floor as well. So that was a big win for Shulkagan. That was huge, that Colin Page was able to score 28 points against one of the better defenders out there in Brady Saunders. So, and Kobe Smith is no slouch either. So, to be able to do that against them is, is pretty good. Um, but other than that, I think they've been very successful this year. They've only lost two games, which obviously so Kagan is one of the one of the losses, and the other one was against was against the Comas. So they really haven't lost to really anyone this season. And they've been pretty much dominant against a lot of the teams this year. If you look at their big wins, which we'll look up in just a sec. Just give me a sec. The upcoming game is on the 10th. They play against Bangor. But as far as their big wins go, they beat Ellsworth, which is a pretty high-level, I um, believe, you know, Class B team. They beat Schroehagen early on in the year. They beat Nokomis early on in the year. But they really don't play a ton of good teams. Like, so Kagan is probably their... One of their better wins. And then obviously, uh, Nokomis. Those are probably their top wins. But they've pretty much been beating up on everyone else. Everyone else really hasn't had a chance. They've, they've won a, they've, they're a very high scoring team. They've won a lot of games in the 80s and 90s. But that's a big win for Nokomis, bro. Because they, they lost to, uh, Brewer lost to Nokomis 72 to 43. I mean that that is that is impressive to, for them to shut them down that much. This is a team that's used to scoring 80, 90 points against everyone else. And Score Kagan did a good job as well, man. That was awesome what they were able to do. The Brewer Riches have been good, but I still think there's teams maybe even Score Kagan's better than them and maybe possibly Nakomas might be better than them. 
So, but they're very solid. I still like them as a team. And another team you can't sleep on as well is Falmouth, which I think I have Falmouth ranked. If not, yeah, I do I have them ranked number four, right behind Lewistown, which we'll get into Lewistown in just a sec. Uh, that's pretty much you know covering class double A. But as far as Falmouth goes, they're 14 and 2, 10 and 0, undefeated in their division. So that means they haven't lost to anyone in class A. Which we all know they haven't played it. They have probably haven't played in the Comish yet, but I could be wrong. Let me double check their schedule real quick. Let me check their schedule. That's pretty impressive for them to be 10 and all, man. Their biggest win is they were able to beat. They really haven't even played anyone, to be honest with you. They beat Dorn Academy. That's a pretty good win for them. So, yeah, they haven't even played like Brewer. They didn't even play. McComas, so which I think Falmouth is in class class A, I think they're in class A, I think they are yeah they are, so they didn't even play Nokomis, they didn't even play Edward Little Edward Little's in class double excuse me so they, they haven't played Brewer they haven't played Nokomis I think they beat Shulkagan. That might have been their best win that they've had all year long is they beat Shulkagan. But they lost to teams like Portland. They lost to Portland. They lost to Portland and they lost to South Portland. South Portland is obviously in class AA. But they didn't really look that good offensively in both of those games. They only scored 40 points in both of those games, 41 and 44, respectively. I came across this house with water. But it's 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 crazy. Um, but they're still 14-2. and two. They've definitely been beating up on a lot of bad opponents. They haven't had that strong schedule. But they're led by a lefty Jack Souls. Souls, a very good shooter for them. Um, and then Brady Cohn as well, which he kind of is an all-level scorer. Their front line is led by Zach Morrow. And Judd Armstrong plays out on the wing. And like I said, they just, again, another bad team. Greenlee is not a good team this year. The recent game was against Greenlee on the 5th, which was yesterday. And they won 79-41. to Or 79-47. to I mean, just, just, they haven't really played anyone. So, they're good, but, you know, I just think they, they're just kind of just beating up on a lot of bad teams. So, I would have to say, if I had to rank them, I would probably put Shulkagan over them. If I had to rank them, you know, upcoming ranking, I would probably put Nokomis and then Brewer and then Shulkagan. And then Falmouth would be probably either fifth or fourth. They still have a good record, though. 14 and 2 is still good. They they definitely beat up, beat up on teams they're supposed to beat. So I have to give them props for that. But they're not really anything special. 
because they just haven't been challenged yet. I like to see you know you know teams like Nokomis and Brewer they play against all the top teams whether it's Class A or Class Double A they play all those teams. I mean Nokomis has played everyone, beating Everett Little, beating Chokagan, beating Brewer. Well, it was a marquee victories for them, and that's why you know you have them as like the top team in the state. Which maybe this next team that might have a little bit something to say about that. You got you know, we're talking about the South Portland Red Riots at fifteen and one. They're still atop, you know, the class double A, but maybe people are saying, Well, what about them as the top team in the state? But Nokomis has been so impressive. They played more games than South Portland. That's why I'm leaning towards South Portland. But I think South Portland is up there. Excuse me, I just have to. But South Portland, let's take a look at where I ranked them at. I think I ranked them number one, I think. I ranked them number one. So, and then, like I said, I didn't really respect Nokomis at the time. I ranked Nokomis at number six. So South Portland's been a team that's been kind of been on the radar for a while since, you know, the past couple of years since I've been covering Maine. I think South Portland's been, you know, competitive and pretty much the top tier team, kind of like how Rice, is, Rice Memorial is with Vermont. South Portland's the same way in, in, in Maine. So it hasn't been hasn't really changed this year. They're they're still dominant, fifteen and one on the year. They did end up losing to Doran Academy, so that was a, somewhat of an upset for Doran Academy to, to win that. And like I said, we mentioned earlier, they're led by six ten big man JP Estrella. Um, they also have pretty good guards in Joseph Hanlon. I don't know if he's relation to Oliver Hanlon, which. Oliver Hamlin played for BC. I'm not sure if there's any relation there. Because, you know, Maine and Canada are pretty much in the same area. Oliver Hamlin's from Canada, which I believe he might be playing overseas. I'm not sure. I don't think he's playing in the NBA anymore. I think he might have played one year in the NBA, and then he kind of flamed out. But uh, could be relation. You never know. Could be his, a brother or something. And then you have Jalen Jackson, which... He's a you know a two-way player that can kind of you know they can both of them are very good at getting deflections and getting steals Hamlin and Jackson so those guys are very good defenders as well as you know pretty good slashers and you know you know penetrators so you got Estrella which he's a very good pick and pop guy shoots the ball very well so he's you know sets good screens for those you know those guys Jackson and Hanlon and they kind of do what they do what they do get to the rim and then Estrella is a guy that can kind of stretch out shoot the three can also go inside as well very versatile player can handle the ball as well so I mean I would say South Portland is maybe number one or maybe number two or I just think they're either number one, number two. I would say Nokomis has to be number one as of right now. They, they've proven so much at this point. But South Portland's a team that's still good. I mean, they've had some solid wins this year. So they're not no slouch. On both ends of the floors, they're tough. They can score against anyone. 
And um, you got to like South Portland. The next team I have, which, you know, I gave them number two ranking last month, is Edward Little at 14-3. and three. You know, they're a team that a couple years I covered them, they played in the playoffs and they, you know, they were able to win it all. So they, they're definitely a respectable opponent in the state. Um, they're led by a guy which he's been there since that, you know, the last time I covered them. It's John Shea. He's been there for a few years now. I think it's his third year on varsity. I think at the time he was a sophomore when he when they won. So he, he's a senior this year and he's definitely been solid. He's he's well he's he's reached a thousand points in his career. Very decadent career for him and He's more of a big bruiser inside. He can score inside. You know, user would consider him more of a traditional big. He's definitely a traditional big. So, you got to give John Shy a lot of uh, props. He's definitely, without a doubt, one of the better big guys in the state. And then the uh, big wins that they've had, they beat Bonnie Eagle. Oxford Hills twice. They beat Oxford and they beat Lewistown. And of course, a bad loss is they lost to Daring. Daring was able to upset them. I was watching a little bit of the little, little bit of the footage. Not that much. And they also lost to Banger. So Banger and Daring's one of their you know pretty bad losses. But nevertheless, they've only lost three games this year. They definitely have looked fairly good. Oh, Nokomis. They also lost to Nokomis, which we all know that. Nokomis has pretty much beat everyone. <laughs> and, and for our honorable mentions, you got Lewistown, which is pretty much in Class A. Their front line is pretty pretty good, led by Ring Ring. And then they also have a pretty strong backcourt led by David Omosima. He's at 5'10", and then you have Yusuf Dekane. So their backcourt may be one of the better backcourts in the state. So Lewistown has definitely been a strong team this year. Let's take a look at their record, which I have Lewistown number three in the last ranking. So Lewistown, 13 and 4. 13 and 4. So that's a pretty impressive victory. A pretty impressive record. But then, yeah, I'm just looking at one of their games, looking at their schedule. As far as like the wins that they've had, they. They haven't been able to really step up when they needed to. To win some of these big, you know, beat some of these bigger teams. Yes, yeah, so and like I said, they lost to Edward Little. They lost to Oxford Hills twice. So, yeah, so they didn't really, they didn't really have a marquee win this year. But 
They don't want to mention because they're 13 and 4. They beat, you know, all the teams that they should beat. And then you have Oxford Hills at 11 and 3. Which you don't have really much on them. But Oxford Hills, I think I have them highly ranked, I think. No, I don't even think, I don't have them ranked at all. So, I think they'll probably, probably will be in the next ranking. As they've been fairly good, they're 11-3 on the season. Take a look at, you know, if they've had any key wins to take note of. 11 and 3 on the season. They lost to Everlittle. It was a close loss. 66 to 65. They beat Lewistown. Twice. So that's really it, man. Like I said, that's the reason why they're not getting as much love. Because they haven't been able to win those big games against those top tier opponents. So, and then you have Samford, which is a team that just, I don't know, they're not super, super good, but they definitely represent Class B fairly well. Well, they're third in Class AA, 9 and 3 on the season. Who have they beaten? We have to see who have they beaten. They weren't even close against South Portland in both games. They lost to South Portland in both games. They beat Dorn Academy. That might have been their best win of the season. That's about it. They beat Dorn Academy. So, I would say with those teams, I mean, to pretty much wrap things up, which we're going on well over an hour and I'm kind of dragging them may have been not as prepared as I would want to but I apologize for that but I think the Massachusetts Connecticut one was more a little bit more in depth a little bit more juicier as far as like some of the details I was able to put out for that but I'm going to try to make it try to really zone in because this is a big month both college basketball and high school these are the money games, which I would say this is the money month where it's going to be key. Every game is going to be huge. We're going to focus more. A lot of these uh, seasons are coming to an end, particularly in New Hampshire and Maine, and as well as Vermont. So I'm going to try to really zone in on these last couple games. Massachusetts, Connecticut, they have a little bit more time in their season, but I'm definitely going to do that as well focusing more on the pretty much everything i'm going to focus on everything this month so that way it's a little bit more of a better in-depth look at them try to find as much research and film as i can on some of these teams and players to really kind of get all the information you need to know coming into the upcoming playoffs this upcoming month um far as like the uh, the ncaa you know NCAA basketball goes, which I think this is key as well. 
I mean, this is key for these two. You know, NBA, you got time, you got the all-star break. We'll get into that as well in the upcoming pod. And that might be the lead for the upcoming pod. But, like, yeah, we'll really dig down into, like, you know, what New England teams could, you know, be in possibly be in the tournament. I think Providence will definitely be in the tournament. I think Vermont could be in the tournament. They win their conference. UConn, I think they'll definitely be in. Harvard has a, a good chance of being in, in in the Ivy League. So we'll kind of dig deep into that as well. It's probably like maybe after I lead with the um, All-Star break news, which we'll, which we'll find out a lot more this upcoming Thursday, where I believe TNT will announce all the competitions or the contestants for those competitions. So if I can maybe do a short pod on that, I will probably do that to kind of, you know, not go too too long far between. I don't like to go too long between pockets because sometimes when I do that, look what I have. I'm, I'm, I'm literally covering so much because I went too far. This is because I had a huge month. I mentioned that in the beginning. I had a, a huge month what I was dealing with a lot of things that I had to deal with with the accident. That I went through. So, and then I was, remember I mentioned that I was trying to get, you know, trying to get a job where I could cover some of these games. And I'm still looking and I'm still trying to see the results on that. Um, I did make an, I did take a test for that job, you know, that job that I was, that I, I was looking to seal. And I'm still, you know, waiting on the results for that. So, Hopefully it's good news, you know, when I do probably make the short pod for uh, this upcoming Thursday or Friday for the, the you know, the, we're going to get it. We're basically going to just, it's just going to be an all-star, you know, results podcast. We'll get into all the contestants for the, um, for the all-star Saturday night. And then we'll also get into the reserves, which the reserves have already been announced, um, I know people have their opinions on that. And some people say, oh, Jalen Brown got snubbed for the Celtics. We'll get into that as well as like, as far as like the snubs and stuff, we'll get into like all what I what I thought would have been. I already kind of already got into that early in the show about what I thought is the reserves and what I thought for the starters. But we'll actually kind of like really uh, dive deep into like, you know, the current all-star reserves and, and then we'll also get into the All-Star Saturday Night contestants and, you know, who will possibly win the predictions and stuff like that. So that'll be a fun show for me. A little bit more of an easier show because, like I said, this is this show's more, when I get into the high school, it's like a lot of research base because I don't know it on the top of my head. Like, I'm still covering these players. Fairly new. Last year, I mean, that was, I mean, obviously I didn't, didn't really cover them much at all because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have any podcasts throughout the entire year last year. I took a took a long a year long break, so like this is really kind of me just getting back to what when I started the first year. Now this is the third year. Now I gotta really dig, you know, really, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot, and you have to have to really know what you're talking about. As I had to kind of like search throughout the show, I want to avoid that the next upcoming shows. I kind of have some of this on the top of my head, so I'm not really searching, figuring out what I need to know and kind of 
think about it, I already prepped for this show and I still felt like I needed to know a little bit more. So it will come in time. It will come as I make this more of a daily thing, as I keep telling myself, oh, I need to make it more of a daily thing where I'm like doing research every day. But sometimes things get out, get in the way where it's like you're working and you get home and you kind of complacent. I admit, I do get complacent just like everyone else. We all, we're all human. We're not perfect, but I'm definitely going to zero in a little bit more with the college basketball, zero in a little bit more with the high school basketball this upcoming month. Kind of maybe put NBA kind of on the back burner because it's a little bit more crucial to kind of focus on that. I will talk about the Celtics, but it ain't going to be like really in depth. I will, believe me, I will talk about them, but it ain't going to be literally in depth. I'm going to really focus more on high school and college this upcoming month. So we will have a short part on the All-Star break, like I, like I just said. And then Jason Tatum, congrats for Jason Tatum for making the All-Star game. But uh, we'll focus, you know, solely, solely, solely more on high school and college. Maybe have a national look at college basketball, which I kind of did do that when I first started, especially when the tournament comes around. I do like to talk about the tournament. I do like to talk about the bracket and all that stuff. So I'm pretty sure a lot of us like to do that as well as like, you know, pick, you know, picking your bracket, making your picks, making your predictions, gambling and all that stuff. I know everyone's interested in that. So I will uh, do that again like I did the first year that I first started I think that was like my first couple podcasts was literally talking about the tournament that was like maybe like maybe if you go back in the archives I, that might have been podcast number three where I was just talking about you know Zion Williamson playing against Taco Fall in a tournament game which I don't know how I remember that but that was only two years ago so I do remember certain things that are rememberable for me so but I'm rambling. Let me let me get off. Uh, you listening to Rimson's podcast? This is your host Rob Morris. I'm out. Peace.